This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Raw Reaction series where we react straight away to all of the latest Arsenal news, matches, transfer discussion, etc, etc. And of course, today is a huge day uh, for Arsenal fans because it is the first time that we have heard directly from uh, the owner's perspective. I use the word perspective because he is being spoken uh, on the behalf of basically by his son Josh Cronkey, should caveat that by saying that Josh says whatever he says are also the feelings of his father. Take that any way you wish. Um, I want to I want to do this because I want to go through all of the comments first, and then I want to get some discussion going in the chat box um, and talk to you guys about this because obviously it is a really really big thing. Um, I also want to apply some context at the start of this, because I think that is really important, because I think that there's a lot of anger, quite rightly, amongst the Arsenal fan base right now. A hell of a lot. I've got anger. I'm sure you listening have got anger as well. Shameful decisions that have been made over the last week that have ripped apart. Um, maybe ripped apart is the wrong term. Actually, united a hell of a lot of supporters in uh, opposition to not just the Arsenal ownership, but the ownership of the other 11 clubs that were heavily involved in this as well. Um, but obviously, we need to think about this. And when you're reading the comments, we need it's, it's difficult, but sometimes you need to try and be just open to start things off. I've tried to go into this with an open mind. If I go into this with, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them, get out of my club, which is how I feel. <laughs> which is how I utterly feel. I'm all for Cronky out, all for sell, leave, get someone else in. I'm also very, very well aware of the fact, and especially after reading the transcripts of the meeting and, and hearing it, that that is exceptionally unlikely. That it is incredibly, incredibly unlikely they are going anywhere. Um, fan power is real. We've seen that over the last week. And I think we're also going to see some changes at the club. I don't think that that change is going to be them selling. I think that is something that, that is not on the table. We heard rumours of a club's owner were close to selling. I don't believe that's Arsenal. But I just wanted to lay that out there, that the context of the situation is that I am very much cronky out. I am very much in agreement with I'd assume now pretty much 99.9% .9 of the fan base right now that they want them gone. However, we have to apply the context that that is unlikely at this stage. And therefore, we need to read these comments in the knowledge that they are probably going to be here in the foreseeable future. And therefore, not re react to them in the case of, I don't care what you got to say, I just want you gone. Because we need to think about this objectively and we need to try understand and see through our own anger and see through also the own, the own ineptitude in the cases of, of some of the words that were said. 
there's some things I've written down that I want to talk about. There's obviously I want to show you the transcript of the of the uh, meeting, and we'll be using the tweets from Red Action, who tweeted out all of the transcripts. So if you want to go back and read them all yourself, if you go onto Red Action or if you even go onto the website um, on Wakelet here, uh, you can also. In fact, I'll leave a link to this uh, somewhere so you can also read through the whole thing. Um, they are done through the tweets. There are a couple that make it look a little bit jumbled up, but we're going to we're gonna muddle through and we're going to get through it. Um, ironically, it started off with technical difficulties, which is just hilarious. Um, and basically, the opening of this was an apology from Vinay. It was an apology from Josh of the last week, which is, yeah, fair enough. Fair play for apologizing. It doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. Everything still happened. But sure, fair enough. You apologized. Um, what, what one of the most interesting things of the opening part was was to hear that Arsenal were not um, orchestrators of this. Uh, that's one thing that Vinay and Josh really wanted to get across: the fact that the the Arsenal was not a leading figure in this and were effectively invited. And they justified the decision by saying that a Super League with Arsenal was better than a Super League without Arsenal. Now, my reaction to that was pretty much what I said when this whole discussion started. I said that it makes complete sense why they're doing it, whilst I wholeheartedly disagree with the idea of Arsenal in the Super League. I can completely understand why they accepted the invitation. And I can completely understand the point of view to say we didn't want to be left behind by the other clubs because they were going to be in a Super League that was going to get them loads of money. It doesn't excuse it because if I'm the owner and and, and one of the people asking the questions actually said a really good question in the sense of um, they said if <laughs> it is a dream of many fans basically to be the owners of Arsenal um, and in that context, like if we were the owners of Arsenal, we would basically tell the Super League to go stuff itself. But they're not coming from that perspective. They might claim to be Arsenal fans. We know they're not Arsenal fans if they claim to be anywhere close to like we are. And they wouldn't, we certainly wouldn't make these decisions. But that's how they justified it. And I understand that. I understand why they went for it based on what they've told us. But I wholeheartedly still completely disagree with the prospect of that. Um, again, I want to address that this is Josh speaking and not Stan. And Josh maintains that everything that he says is also the words of his father. And we talk about communication, but it is very, very clear that Stan wants nothing to do with speaking on, on, on for him. He is not involved. And this is very much Josh's project from the looks. It's effectively as if Stan Kroenke is not the owner and that Josh is the owner at this point because Stan has yeah nothing to do with this bar being the guy that signs things off as the official owner. And you've got Josh, which is basically the guy that stands in front of him and speaks on his behalf, whatever. Um, it's not uncommon. It happens in lots of businesses um, that the the ultimate owner is completely silent and whatever. So, you know, would, would you take Josh's words as Stan's words, whatever. Let's move forward. Um, those who know me know I care about this club, says Vinay. It was really tough. We have to repair. We made mistakes. Look, we talked about this. We discussed this. I wrote an article on this this morning basically talking about should Vinay get sacked? Should Vinay step down? Is Vinay as to blame as the owners? And from what was said, the answer is yes. They said that the uh, it was a board decision. It was not a decision solely of Stan Kroenke. It was a decision of all of the board members. Um, so all of the board members came to the conclusion that it was the right thing to enter and to agree to join the Super League. Um, and in that case, if you want, if you want Kroenke gone for this decision, then equally in that sense, you want Vinay gone, you want the rest of the board gone because they have committed to saying that it was a board decision, a collective decision and by the way, that does not include Mikel Arteta. That does not include any of the players. And it doesn't include us as fans. Um, this was a purely a board decision taken out of the control of fans, players and manager. Let's continue on. Um, 
Kronk, uh, Josh Kronke says, I am here today to talk and echo Vinay's comments. Leadership is about recognizing where you are wrong, correcting and apologizing. And they are doing that, obviously. We asked ourselves what is worse, a European Super League or a European Super League without Arsenal. Uh, by the way, this, the, the whole terminology of European Super League is completely incorrect. It's, ne it's not a European Super League. It's just the Super League. Um, and, and it's important that we say that because the difference between calling it a European Super League insinuates that it's just in Europe. They coined it the Super League for a good reason in the term that it's global, in that it could have either incorporated clubs from outside of Europe and that the games could have pl been played outside of Europe. So I would encourage people to stop using the term European Super League and call it what it was because it is the Euro it is sorry it is the Super League and there are very important reasons why you should refer to it as such um because it changes the the, the kind of the outlook of it. Uh, also asked ourselves what do the fans want? The global fan want uh, an Arsenal against Barcelona as often as possible. English fans want to see more big matches, but you still want your cold nights in Stoke, and we got it wrong. Basically, what Josh said was is that he saw the Chelsea um, protest uh, the other day that there was a banner held up by a Chelsea fan effectively saying that we want our cold nights in Stoke, and he said that that resonated with him um, and that basically he that was one of the key factors, and seeing that, made him feel that this wasn't the right choice and that that's wrong. And it is wrong because we want the games against what we would describe as lesser clubs with the most utmost of respect. Well, I don't like the term lesser clubs, but it's a term that's often used. Um, but we want games against every team in the football pyramid. It's what makes football what it is. It's what makes Arsenal where it is today. Arsenal wouldn't be invincibles. They wouldn't be one of the largest financial businesses in the world if it wasn't for the competition with the smaller clubs we want that and they thought coming from the perspective of their business model that actually what global fans wanted was us playing Barcelona as much as possible as you've seen from Florentino Perez now Drew if you go onto Drew's Twitter at Logic Lera he actually pointed this out that it's a very kind of Amer American perspective um, sports wise and I can see that and that's obviously why Josh is coming from that perspective it's wrong from our point of view, and we know that. And not, I'm not just talking about from our point of view as an English guy, but from all of Arsenal fans. I'm, I, I assure you that the majority of Arsenal fans, and we saw it with the polls, with the reaction, the majority, the large, large majority, do not want us playing Barcelona and, and Man City and Real Madrid and Juventus every week. Like We don't want it because it's not football. And, and also, you know, we, we probably get smashed. Um, there's that too. Uh, so um, he says it was never our intention to harm English football. It might not have been your intention, but I'm sorry. But if it's not your intention, your intentions were to maximise revenue and to be in the Super League. But it, if it wasn't your intention, it's it's the outcome. It's what it would have done. It would have harmed English football absolutely. And the fact that there is. This is a board decision, and Vinay is included in this, that they came to the conclusion that this would not, that the intention was never to harm English football. Then they don't deserve to be on the board, really, do they? Really? If they're making that decision, they don't. <laughs> it's just, it, it shows a massive and clear out of touch with, with what fans are. And we'll come on to more of that and about fan involvement with the owners a little bit later on when we get there. Um Reflections on Baku. Now, I've seen a lot of tweets about this, about basically Josh saying that uh, he, uh, Josh, said that it was a great trip other than the 90 minutes. And that in itself shows how out of touch he is. <laughs> I get what he was trying to say, saying that obviously the result ruined the, the, the whole situation of being in a European Cup final, obviously, that's what he means. It didn't come across in the best way. He, The stuff that he said categorically doesn't. But what I would say to fans is, is before we jump on those quotes, like, oh my God, well, I can't believe he said that and sort of thing, is that he has shown throughout his time at Arsenal that he doesn't know how to say things in the right way from the perspective of what we would say as fans. We would say about the European final, it was awful. Fans had to travel a huge distance to get there, going through massive amounts of changes and route developments and halts and stalls to get there, spending a huge amounts of money. And it was far more than just the 90 minutes that sucked about that European final. But 
<laughs> yeah, it's he's never gonna be he's never gonna come from that point of view. So to expect that is just I'm not I'm not excusing it. It's ridiculous, and he should educate himself more. But to expect him to come out and say, "Oh yeah, the trip was terrible," right? That's not gonna happen. But he needs to shape up. He needs to learn more about this. And that will come again from more of the fan involvement that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Now, the questions, and I have to give credit to Akil. Akil went in. Akil was brilliant. Like, he absolutely went for it. He didn't hold back. He was excellent in his, his question asking. It was amazing. Um, Let's have a look at where the questions come from. Uh, do you not, he says, do you not understand English football? You do not interact with fans. You have no clue. English football is clearly not for you and you should leave. Um, and then an extra question from Ace has said, do you agree with the suggestion of fan representation on the on the boards? Because as I say, it's a little bit jumbled up. It's really hard to go through the tweets. Um, but Josh said, I believe in fan representation. This has been uh, an education uh, on the power of Arsenal fans. He did then go on to say about kind of the fans being on the board that he felt there were pros and cons to it. And he didn't really go into too much detail, but he did open up the idea of possibly maybe no guarantee of fan representation either on the board or through consultation when big decisions are being made about the direction of the club. Um, this whole debacle reflects badly on KSE. Do you still consider yourselves fit and proper custodians of our club who can lead us forwards? Are KSE fully aware that the vast majority of fans do not believe you are fit to be the owners? Um, do you believe the damage is repairable or will KSE be looking to sell their shares? Um, and Josh said, we will rebuild. So all of those rumours about a club being close to selling, an owner being close to selling their club, it's not Arsenal, from the sounds of things. That has been utterly scuppered. It is not Arsenal that they are look that, of a club that are looking to sell. Josh has confirmed that Arsenal have no intention of selling and it looks like they're going to be here for the foreseeable future, regardless of, of protests, which, you know, it sucks. I'd rather they left, but it's it's the situation we have at the moment. We believe we are fit to go forward with Arsenal. Um, we were put in a difficult situation by sources outside of the club. I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. You can't excuse it. You can't say situations outside of the club. You committed to this. You're part of this. It, it's not excused. It's not excused. Um, I mean, Red Action says they're not clear what he's referring to. If they're saying they're put in this situation by the outside, as in the 11 other clubs going for it, and him saying earlier on that an Arsenal in a Super League is better than an Arsenal not in a Super League, that doesn't excuse it. That doesn't justify it because the decision is still wrong. You still had the choice to turn around and realise from a fan perspective. And you could have consulted the fans first. You could have gone to the fans and checked first. Contract con contractually, you may not have been able to do that or there was an embargo around it from the contract side of things. But then you could have said no because the fact is that the fans come first and you should consult on huge decisions like this. Again, something we'll talk about in a bit. Um, you said you have betrayed our trust, but let me be very clear. We have never trusted you or KSC. How will you try to improve that relationship? Again, really great. Tell him how it is. Tell him we don't trust him and have never trusted him because he's never, ever, and they, I should say, they have never given us any indication why we should trust them either. There has been positive signs. and They have been very, very few. I'm referencing investment in the likes of Thomas Pye, but that is very, very small into the grand context of the situation because they have not done enough to show us why we should trust them. Uh, Josh says, I want to get back to London. I want to do this. I'm aware we never had trust. We need to build a bridge and we will. I mean, you need to build a house and live in it in London, I'm afraid, to really have that proper <laughs> communication right now. Um, when the next Super League invite uh, comes along, what will you do differently? They were asked. Um, and they said, we will consult with fans. Confidenti confidentiality makes it complicated, as I said, contractually. It was going to be difficult to do that with this, but that's the reason why if you're not able to contractually negotiate, contractually consult with fans, that initially should set off alarms in your head. <laughs> like if, say if, um, let me put it into a channel perspective or a YouTuber creator content perspective. If a sponsorship came along and was offering X, Y, and Z for the channel 
and I wasn't allowed to consult with my viewership as to signing yes or signing no and getting their thoughts about a new sponsor for the channel. That in my mind, immediately I'm going to go, I'm sorry, but if you're not letting me discuss how my viewers are going to perceive this sponsorship, I can't go forward with it because that would go against the values of the channel. And it's the same way for this. If a proposal comes to the club about joining a Super League to get you loads of money, like a sponsor would give you loads of money to join part of their project, and you're not allowed to consult, that should set off alarm bells immediately to say, look, that's clearly not going to benefit the fans because otherwise you would let us consult with the fans first. And it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. Um... <laughs> Uh, a question about when the next Super League invite uh, comes along. They're saying that was a wasted question. Um, I, I disagree. I don't think it's a wasted question because it's important to know what they'll do differently uh, when the next invite comes along. I really think it wasn't wasted at all. Um, and also, as they say here, to confirm, uh, KSE are covering all outside costs related to this. And Vin, I said that there's an 8 million kind of mentioned somewhere, and apparently it's much lower figure than that. Whatever the sanctions are that we face from a monetary point of view, KSE are covering this. And too bloody right. It's not well done. Good. Congratulations. Thanks. You're covering the cost. This is your fault. It's not an accolade. It's not an achievement. You did this. You pay for it. So if you're expecting me to turn around and say, oh, my God, I'm so thankful that you're covering this. No, I'm not going to say that because you did this. So too right you should pay for this and not the club. Yeah, so it's, it's nothing to write home about, really. Um, to confirm, KSC are covering outside costs. Uh, the question was, how will the club ensure they can rebuild the relationships with the other clubs, as in the, the, the other clubs that weren't invited, that we are now perceived by their fan base? And I say we. Hopefully their fan bases perceive our owner as what they are and not us. We didn't want this, clearly didn't want this. And you saw that from the reaction of our supporter trusts, etc., with the statements they put out. Uh, Vin, I said, we made a terrible decision. Now we need to make good ones. I've been in touch with all the other Premier League clubs. And to be fair, you know, he should apologise for it. I, I haven't heard of any other club official from any other club doing that. So, you know, props, I suppose. But again, they deserve apologies. So you're not really getting too many thanks for it. Uh, self-sustainability is not working. How will you be investing? And if not, when will you be selling Arsenal? Great question. Uh, we have big plans to invest, he says. We have plans. We want to be great again, but a long-term model does not support long-term high investment. No intention of selling. So the first thing we need to talk about, again, reiterating the point, they have no intention of selling the club. Absolutely none. Zero. Nil point. Um, intention of selling the club whatsoever. In terms of investing, two mixed points there. One, they have big plans to invest. Big plans to invest, I mean, that gives you no context. For them, what big plans might be for Arsenal in terms of investment, it could mean in comparison to City's big plan to invest, it could be nothing. It's all The context is lost. There's no context around what that means. We don't know. The only way we'll know is when it happens and in the summer. So we won't know until the end of the summer transfer window of this year if these big plans to invest are in fact contextually bigger than what we've already seen or contextually miniature in comparison to the rivals that we need to be competing against. Um, and he says also the third point being a long-term model does not support long-term high investment. Now, the long-term model is not Manchester City. Manchester City do not have a sustainable long-term model. They invest and they win. That's how it works. It's not self-sustaining. Liverpool have a self-sustaining model with success that have seen investment and has seen good recruitment and good selling. Um, Arsenal haven't done that of late. So the long-term plan they're talking about needs to include both investment, both good recruitment and also good selling of players as well because that's the only way that we can compete because they're saying that they cannot on this long-term model, invest like City, which is sucks because the only way that Arsenal are going to get back to being what is described as they're saying they want to take Arsenal back to being great, the only way that you will realistically do that is if you invest like the Cities and Chelsea's and United's of this world. That is the only way that you will ever get Arsenal back to the level that we knew them as, which was title challenges on a consistent basis. 
And that only comes through regular high investment in comparison to your rivals. Self-sustaining models can work like Liverpool, but they are fragile. They are in need of incredible consistency and consistent good decisions being made. All things that Arsenal have not done of the last decade plus. So that doesn't fill me with confidence. Even though they say we have big plans to invest, we don't know what that means contextually. So it's impossible to break it down and analyse it accurately. Uh, Josh said, it's been a crazy week. We have not represented the club well. and We have learned. Um, and that, they're saying, brought the meeting to a close. Um, there's a few more things that I want to talk about before I go to you guys in the chat box. So if you've got things to say, prepare them. Don't put them into the chat yet. We will get to your comments. I'm going to spend at least 15 to 20 minutes getting your thoughts and ideals and having a discussion about this. So the main points that I took from the meeting were that they apologised. As I said, bully for you. Yeah, we need an apology. I'm not going to give you any credit for KSC paying for all of this. You don't deserve credit for it. It was your problem, your fault. You pay for it. You deal with it. Um, they want to build a relationship with the fans. Now, this is something that you didn't see in the tweets, um, but the uh, they talked about having more regular meetings with fans. They talked about consulting with fans on a more regular basis. They're aiming to have the full transcript up on Arsenal.com very soon, so it'll be interesting to see if that stuff is included. Um, but they talked about having meetings with fans. Josh even talked about having Microsoft Teams um, meetings with supporters on a more regular basis. He also used the pandemic as a bit of an excuse. He said if it wasn't for the pandemic, he would have been over here a lot more. I can see and understand why he's saying that. But, you know, if you, you could have done more, arguably still. You could have still been over here. You could have done Zoom meetings with fans. You could have consulted fans before making this decision. It, that, it's not an excuse. It, it's not an excuse. Um, he also, this is something that I didn't see in the transcript, but he said he would guarantee that home games will never be played away from the Emirates um, while KSE are in charge of the club. He said that. Let's look out and see if it's included on the transcript tomorrow. Um, but there was that's what he said. He said, I can guarantee that when asked if any home games we played away from London. So let's see if that's true. Let's see if it's true. Now, but let's get your comments. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what you guys have got to say about this for the last 15 or 20 minutes. Again, to give my kind of closing thoughts before I get you, uh, you guys, there are positives to take from this in the sense that they know they, they effed up. They know they messed up. They know that. That's obvious. It's good that KSC are paying for it, but they bloody should. It's not something to credit them for. Um, the fact that this is hopefully going to open a dialogue of a more consistent and frequent basis with fans is a good thing, is a good thing. Um, there was concerns about how Josh acted during the meeting in regards to his tone, um, about him acting, as, as was put by one of the question, uh, people asking the question, saying that you are acting like you don't want to be here. Um, and he said that he was trying to speak from what's inside his heart is effectively what he said. Um, so take that as you will. I, I'm also very well aware of the fact that we have heard stuff from Josh in the past. And he said stuff like be excited. And by the way, he was actually asked a question about the be excited thing. He didn't respond to it particularly welcomingly and clearly knows that's a bit of a joke. And he is the butt of the joke amongst the fans. That's how it came across to me anyway. He wasn't particularly uh, happy about that um, when it was said. So he clearly is bothered by that whole be excited tagline. Um, and I, I feel like he will think twice before saying something like that again. Um, how do I ultimately feel about this? I feel like if this can open up a more regular discussion with the fans and it can integrate the fans into the club more, then great. That is something good that can come from this. But the fact of the matter is, is that actions speak louder than words always. Always. It doesn't matter what Josh says. I want to see proactive action. I want to see these meetings with fans happening more often. I want to see evidence of it. I don't want to see it once every year or twice a year. I want to see monthly discussions, twice monthly discussions max, minimum, sorry. 
This should happen more often. Really, really, genuinely prove your point. Prove what you're saying. And ultimately, right now, I am still very, 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 very cronky out. Absolutely no doubt in my mind that the best thing still for this football club is for the cronky ownership and KSE not to be in charge of this club. This meeting has not changed my mind about that. It has not made me think any differently about that. That is pure fact. I have a very tiny Incy wincy little bit of hope that there may be a greater dialogue now between fans and the ownership, and a very and even smaller hope that there could one day be fan representation on the board, which would be unbelievably different to what we've seen so far and a big step forwards in the right direction. But until that happens, it means nothing. We need to see the evidence of this. That is what we need. Okay, let's get your thoughts and comments. Apologies if I didn't see any super chats whilst we were going through that um because you can see i was reading off of the screen i wasn't on the i wasn't on the uh the, the stream yard so i couldn't see any comments whilst we were going through it i can now we're going to get your thoughts so get how you're feeling into the chat box i'm going to go through it make sure you drop a like and subscribe to the channel as well uh mr joe kerr says tom and uh, thank you for the donation by the way mate he says tom i want cronky out but i accept this likely won't happen anytime soon so we need to play the cards we're dealt they should buy us erdogan yeah it's a secondary thing talking about transfers right now, but I get it. That could be a good step forward, Joe. Um, we do need to be dealt with the cards that we have right now. The cards are that he's staying. That seems to be the case. We can shout and scream and we should cronky out as much as possible. Keep it going. Keep the pressure on. Because if anything, it's going to do is hopefully push them to realize that we're not happy. And as long as the cronky out is going, we're still not happy. If things start to change and they change their ways, you might see it less. And eventually one day... Maybe it will stop. Maybe. I can't see it personally, but maybe. And that's the only evidence that they've really succeeded, ultimately. So, uh, Chris says, KSE is full of empty promises, Tom. They don't care about the fans. This is consistent with every sports franchise they own. This is how they operate. And that is why we're very much operating on the basis of Actions speak louder than words. I'm not going to go, yeah, I'm really happy after that meeting because at the end of the day, the words are empty without substance. So until we see different, we're cronky out. It's, it's fact. Temi says, Tom, I live in the US and cronkies are known to be condescending to fan rants. The only way uh, they will sell Arsenal is if they start losing money. He sold out his home state for money by moving their franchise. Uh, yeah. Uh, we know that that happens. I mean, there was a good guarantee in there that they said they'll never play home games away from Arsenal. You never know. They could get around that of a loophole saying that they're not home games anymore. So it is what it is. Uh, Ian says, I do not care what they say or do. They don't care. They will not change. They could spend in the short term. But you know, once you stop asking them to leave, they will continue the way they have once again. Um, yeah. And as, again, actions speak louder than words, but it's actions on a consistent basis. That That's what it is. It's, it's about doing this continuously. It's not about appeasing us during one transfer window. It's not if we win the Europa League and back in the Champions League, all is forgiven. No. We continue. We keep the pressure on. We keep protesting. And my mind on protests has changed hugely over the last week, massively over the last week. I'm in so in favour of them now in this direction because we have been utterly screwed over by these guys. Keep the pressure up, keep protesting, keep doing everything that we need to so they realise and keep knowing and are, are constantly reminded that they need to treat us the way that we deserve to be. Otherwise, sell up and go. It's as simple as that. Thank you, Yusuf, for your membership. Really appreciate that. Enjoy all of the exclusive content of the Discord server if you are, in fact, an expert member. Matthew DeSoto says, Tom, the reality is many of the giant clubs are losing money unless that is resolved. These clubs will continue to seek a solution. We're hoping, Matt, that that solution will come through investment and then better outcome through what we win and good selling. The club can't operate on a loss basis. They can't just keep losing money because it's in debt. Unless that debt is written off, we, I mean, it's with FFP basically being dissolved, that's possible. They can put money in. They can invest more. We'll just have to see what happens. Spiral Sam says, okay, Josh, I accept and forgive you. Now you must deliver us the Premier League next season for me to give you my full 
backing. I mean, I'm not forgiving them. Um, I will never, I, I can't, I will never forgive the ownership for this. It is not a recoverable situation in terms of an acceptance of what they did. It's just not. Um, but I will turn around and say, look, I think that they've done a great job if they turn things around. They need to they need to prove to us as a fan base that they are here for the right reasons and that they want to get us back to where we need to be. Uh, Matt says, uh, a big if, but if they invest heavily, do you think the fans start to forget this? As we know, football fans are very fickle. Not all of them, Matt, but I see your point. Um, and I think what you're saying there is that if we went out and spent 200 million this summer and then we went on to, say, compete for the Premier League title, compete in the Champions League if we qualify or whatever competitions we're in, then some fans might turn around in a year's time and be like, look, look what they did. Look what they've done. No, it's not about the short term. We've talked about this. If you are an owner, you're here for the long haul and it is about doing it continuously. And that's why the protests should remain. That's why... The pressure should remain until we are consistently acting and behaving like the club that we should be and going for the targets that we should have. That is just how it works. And I will add, that comes down to managerial decisions. If Mikel Arteta next season is backed in the window of a significant amount of money and can't get more out of the team than we've seen this season, then change it. That's part of your job as well, is identifying where we're going wrong. And if it's the manager, change it. I don't think there's enough evidence yet. We've talked about this before, and I'm not going to go into detail about it now. But in a year's time, or less than a year's time, from day one of next season, if we have seriously invested in this team, and I say that for a reason, if we've seriously invested in this team, it's all on Arteta from day one to improve us, to get us to where we should be and gradually improve. If we're not improving, see you later. We'll get someone else to do the job. The reason why I say if he's backed is because if he's not, again, the whole point is it doesn't matter what coach we have. We're not going to compete without the coach being backed, whoever it is. The, the owner is the first place where it stops. The attack is the first line of defence and that our front line is the owners. And that is where the focus goes first, always, always. Um, Dan Roberts says, am I the only person here who isn't cronky out? Dan, you probably are, mate. Yeah. And I disagree with you because it, it, I, I can't see how you can't be right now. Uh, Peter says, Tom, do you feel the move to the Emirates has been underwhelming? <laughs> of course I do, Peter. Uh, seems it made Cronky overcharge for everything and reach uh, for money. I, I mean, it was always going to happen, but it, of course it's been underwhelming, mate. Of course it has. Uh, Cayman, thank you so much for the donation, mate. Grains of sand can shape a valley over time, Tom. We may feel small, but if we continue to apply pressure... We will shape our future. Really good line. Really, really good line. Um, it's, it is true that fans have power. We've seen that this week. We've seen it. Have you ever seen a reaction to a fan movement quite like this? Because I haven't. And I really wish it was the same for racism in football and other forms of discrimination. I wish this same amount of unity could come together and have this much of an impact in more important issues like that. But it is encouraging to see that we can have a big impact on things as a fan base. And I think we are doing that. Um, Lloyd Davis says, what would you do in terms of punishment? I feel two extreme punishments would be too harsh on fans and only push these owners towards another Super League. Lloyd, I agree with you. I don't agree with point deductions. I don't agree with um, like relegations or banning from competitions. It needs to be hitting the owners where it hurts and frankly, it's shown that these owners don't care about where the teams finish necessarily, they, or rather their priority over finishing in certain places in the league or over trophies is how much money they make. And that is how you hurt them. And that's where the punishment should be. And now that we know that KSE is the ones that are going to be covering any punishment, you need to hit them incredibly hard in the pockets. So I want UEFA to fine all of the owners a significant amount of money that would actually hurt them so it would deter them from ever doing this ever again because that is the only way it works. Point deductions, no. Relegations, no. Gary Neville was wrong to say that because Gary Neville was a hypocrite with those words. You cannot punish the fans. You cannot punish the fans for this that was not us. 
by demoting our club, what we love and support, what we back and hope one day will reach the heights that it once did. You need to hurt the owners, the people that made this decision. So find them all the way, 100%. Um, Chris says, UEFA Champions League is also a joke. The whole system is broken. Yeah, we were going to cover <clears throat> we're going to cover that, Chris. And I have to say, I'm no big backer of UEFA at all. And it's the whole kind of argument of they're a lesser evil is what is described. I get the point. I get the argument. And sure, side of someone less evil, but at the end of the day, they're still evil. They're still corrupt. They're still broken. There's still problems. They're still hypocrites. And that needs to be talked about as well. Um, Glenn Cook says, I'm still stuck on his excuse. The pandemic prevented him from interacting with the fans. I'm insulted that he believes the fan base is stupid enough to believe that crap. Glenn, you're 100% spot on, as we talked about earlier on. Zoom is there. There are means. He even joked at the start of the whole thing about how uh, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't on mute because he knows that's been a problem for Zoom during the pandemic. He's aware of Zoom. He knows it's there or Microsoft Teams or whatever. You could have communicated earlier. It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's just not. Matt G says, there's talk of a summer transfer embargo as punishment for these six clubs. Would Arsenal be the team most impacted? Yes. And the problem with that is that that doesn't equally punish the teams. A transfer embargo does not... And to be honest, if we're being really honest, a transfer embargo is not a relative punishment. It, it's not... If anything, you're helping the owners because they could save money. <laughs> it was so it doesn't make sense to give them a transfer embargo at all because they can't they can't spend. They're saving and they'll just spend double the next. I mean, you look at Chelsea banned for a season of spending. What did they do this summer? They spent over two hundred million pounds. A transfer embargo is not a correct punishment for this. A fine and a serious fine to the owners is what is a legitimate punishment. Not points deductions, not transfer embargoes, a fine. And it sounds a really, because you, th- you consider fines, you think about fines like we have fines. If you park in the wrong place, your speed, whatever, you get a fine. I'm not talking about a silly little slap on the wrist. I'm talking a serious monetary hit to these owners to prevent them and deter them from doing this again. Um, Ashwin says Dan Goti is not better than Kroenke. Ashwin, I don't think you'll find many owners anywhere that are, that are clean. <laughs> to be a billionaire in this day and age, it, it would be exceptionally rare to find anything that any – I just can't imagine a billionaire that is clean in any way that hasn't done – there isn't something wrong because – that's the way the world works with 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 the rich. It's just I can't see it. So yeah, I get the argument of people saying Dan Gote is more of a football person. He'd invest in the team and all this, but he's still a billionaire that got to where he got by doing things that we know aren't great. And if you do your research on the guy, he's far from perfect, and he still will put revenue at the front. And if he was the ownership. There is no guarantee. In fact, I would put money on the fact that he would have signed up along with these other investors and owners to also join the Super League. I'm almost 99.9% sure that... (laughs) I'm so sure that if anyone, Dan Goethe, anyone was in charge of Arsenal during this period, they would have joined. And I also believe that pretty much any other club as well if they were offered this, would join because they are owned by that type of person. So, yeah, it's, it's not an excuse. It doesn't justify it, but it's fact. That's what would happen. Um, here we go. Let's go up. Let's go up. Let's go up. I saw there was a good comment that I've missed. Oh, dearie me. Uh, Matt Thornton says, rumours of a British Super League happy to destroy the Scottish League of financial gain. All hypocr- Yeah, they're all hypocrites, mate. All of them. I can't believe that the Premier League was being... Uh, is it Richard Masters was being praised for his conduct during this? And you're looking at this. The Premier League did awful things and have continued to do awful things for the last 30 years. They're no, they're not saints. They're really, really not. Um, 
Yo-Yo says, may you please ask the people defending KSC to explain them firing 50-odd people and asking the playing coaching staff to take a pay cut while finding the money to enter the Super League? Vinay was asked about this. Um, I can't, I'm not going to repeat what he said because I can't actually remember what it was. So I'm hoping they include it in the transcript that comes out on Arsenal's website. Um, but they did address that. So if it comes up on Arsenal's website, great. If it doesn't, they were asked about it. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Because I can't remember the, the whole answer specifically. And it wasn't on the tweets that I can see. Um, Gregory Beeler says, I wish I was convinced that the reaction to all this was not anticipated by these, let's face it, successful and astute businessmen. I saw that there was a comment, um, uh, but basically said, um, oh, what was the comment? It was like, uh, I can't find it now. Uh, it's really annoying. Uh, Cooking One says, James, uh, James' comments on Sky Sports while on Sky Sports was commendable. Uh, Jamie Carragher, I assume you're talking about. Uh, yeah, fair. I, I mean, I can't remember the specific quote, so I'm not going to comment on it. Uh, Matt G says, there's talk of a summer window embargo. We talked about that. Let's scroll down. Although that was kind of the comment that I think there was a comment near it that I really wanted to touch upon. I can't find it. I'm really gutted because it was a really good point that I wanted to talk about. Um, I can't find it. I don't know why I can't find it. But I can't find it. Um, Harish says, it's going to be the last two, a uh, couple more comments, and then we're going to round this off. KSC says, had to pay $8 million to join the Super League just to be in it, and this is done. Uh, the $8 million is wrong, by the way, just letting you know it's wrong. Vin, I confirmed the figure is. I mean, I don't know why I even went into the details, but it's much lower than that. It doesn't... <laughs> But yeah, um, it's it's much lower than that. Uh, and this is done during the time when they laid off 55 uh, employees. Disgraceful. It is absolutely disgraceful. Um, Edward says, the amount of fans that are making this about spending more money is sad. It, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like It, it should not be about that. It should... It, I understand that we want them to spend. Arsenal have spent money. Like They've They've spent 561 million between 2015 and 2019 on player transfers. The priority is not about, oh, bring us the best, best players in the world. That's not the priority. It's definitely something we should do. Don't get me wrong. I want to see that. But the priority is about making this club for the fans again. It's about including the communication between us and the ownership and making sure that the, the club goes in the right direction and making sure stuff like this never happens again. That should be the priority. It's about educating our owners about what we want, about what we expect, about how to act, about what football is. That that's what it should be about. Transfers is just it's it's. I would, I would use the word selfish at times. But it's 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 self centered. You wanted us to sign great players, so do I. But that's not the priority. And your your priority as a fan should be wanting a better communication and relationship with your owners, so they understand what the outcomes and what the wants and needs of the fan base are. That should be what the priority is. Um, Daniel Roberts says, Tom, what is, let's finish on this question. What is the main reason you want Cronky out? Is it because of this whole Super League thing or is it something else or everyone in it? Dan, the reason that I want Cronky out is because over the entire period that they've been in charge, they've shown a lack of care to the fan base. They've shown an absolute lack of detachment, a lack of care. You've seen that in how silent Stan has been, even now. And this goes further. He wasn't there today. He spoke through his son, as his son put it. If you cared, you'd be there. That might be the difference between him and a Dan Goatee and someone else. They're actually there. The priority should be the relationship between the fans and the ownership and the communication between them. And that's not been there, Dan. And until that improves, until they start showing that they have the fans' best interest at heart, which they have not done, I am cronky out. And I'm utterly shocked that you're not, Dan. I really am. That is why I'm out, because that comes first. They have consistently, consistently shown disregard for the fan base by not caring, censoring questions, not showing up, today being a great example, not understanding how we feel, and now the Super League is the final, if there even was a final straw. This is it. So it is very, very simple to be cronky out, mate. It is very, very easy. And as I said already, it shocks me that anyone cannot be at this point because they do not care. And how anyone could be okay with an ownership that does not care about its relationship with the fans or the consultation of fans in the moving forwards of the club, that's not an ownership. 
That's not leadership. And so that's why someone different doesn't matter. You can use the excuse of, oh, how do we know if anyone's going to be else going to be any different? That doesn't matter because it's different to what is already the worst case scenario, which is what we have right now. So that's why. We're going to finish things off there. Thank you ever so much for listening, people. Um, I really, really appreciate you tuning in and listening. We've had hundreds of you tuning in today. If you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel to get more Arsenal content, we're going to be going back to some very, very more TGT stuff. There's transfer breakdowns to do, tactical breakdowns. I've got players to sort. I've got uh, videos already in the pipeline. Uh, William Saliba we're going to cover as well. We're going to talk about some strikers that Arsenal are linked to. We're going to go into talk about Villarreal. We've got a very special interview lined up early next week ahead of the Villarreal game as well with a, uh, a journalist which has been on before, which I've got, I know you guys love when he comes on. That's all I'm saying for now. Um, but we've got that on Monday or Tuesday, but you'll be told about that. Uh, there's some great stuff coming up. If you've watched this live and you missed the start, we broke this all down. Go rewind. Go listen to it. It's all there. Um, let me know if you're on the comments how you feel, what you want. It's very easy to say cronky out, and I am cronky out. A hundred million, billion percent cronky out. Um, so there you go. Nothing more to say, really, other than it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys. As always, we'll see you again very, very, very soon uh, tomorrow for the game. There is a game, believe it or not. I'll be straight here after the game for the Royal Reaction Show once again. Um, so make sure you tune in. You get all the real reaction to it. You get your thoughts and feelings as always, because unlike the club, we care. We care about you guys and the listeners, and we always get your thoughts and feelings heard in the chat as long as they're respectable and they keep, of course, uh, with that same tone. So we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.